Hi, I'm Shane Hurlbut. I'm an ASC cinematographer, and I wanted to kind of talk to you about something. Getting started in this industry is almost impossible. And my wife, Lydia, and I, 14 years ago, created a resource called Filmmakers Academy to make it possible. We saw a lot of gatekeeping in this industry and not a lot of sharing knowledge. So we wanted to pull back the curtain, give you confidence, teach you all the necessary skills to be an amazing, successful filmmaker, and package it all on this online resource that you have at your fingertips, on set, on your phone, on your laptop, whatever it is. So we're going to give you $50. So if you go into the show notes, click the link, and hit the promo code FAPOD50, you're going to get $50 on your first year of an all-access membership. And I cannot wait for you to join our immense and immersive community at Filmmakers Academy, where we network, we share knowledge, we just bond as this huge filmmaking uh, resource to ignite your creativity and push you beyond your boundaries. I cannot wait to see you in the Academy, and let's get to the podcast. Welcome to Shane's Inner Circle Podcast with your hosts, Shane and Lydia. Welcome to the April 2016 podcast. This is Lydia. Shane and I really cherish this community and all of your input. And just a quick reminder, if you could please continue to submit questions to Shane, myself, or both of us, and we will get those answered as quickly as we can each and every month. It's a great way if something is not being addressed on the blog to have it answered in a really timely fashion. So please continue to submit those. Okay, here we go. This question actually was submitted to Shane. Hi, Shane. I have a question about the attitudes of the crew in the film industry. I recently got my first camera trainee job on a BBC children's TV comedy slash drama, and I've been so excited to be there and loved everything about it. However, I've been massively surprised to see how many members of the crew don't like their jobs. I've had so many comments about how they remember when they were young and giddy like me, and how I'll soon become cynical, and heard so many people say, people talk about how they can't wait to get out of work and how depressed they are to be there. I was so shocked to see people act like this when we're working in a job that so many people worked so hard to break into. I myself worked on unpaid micro-budget films for nearly three years until I got this job. I guess I'm just wondering if this is just normal human nature to work, or is it possibly because it's only a children's drama with not much creativity or exciting scenes? as I just can't imagine the crews on massive, exciting feature films being the same, but maybe I'm wrong. Thanks. These podcasts and the inner circle as a whole have taught me such a ridiculous amount over the last year and have improved my own cinematography and general understanding of the film industry so much. Well, thank you so much for that wonderful question. Um, that was an anonymous submission, so I can't thank the person directly. And I think it brings up a very, very important point, and that is attitude and how you face set, how you conduct yourself on set, 
and really looking at who you are when you're on set. So unfortunately, there are those people in the industry, the salty dogs, even at higher levels, though I would have to say that it's more rare. I think that most people love their job so much and they don't view it as work, the ones that are in the right job, that is, that they see it as they are so blessed and lucky to be able to do what they do. At least I know for a fact that Shane feels that way that he literally jumps out of bed every day when he gets to go to work because it's such an honor and so much fun to be there. And that's even after he's been doing this for over 25 years now. I think what makes it very exciting to Shane and prevents a lot of the cynicism is that he constantly challenges himself in new ways every day. And this is a very important concept So for example, whether it's with technology and learning a new technology, whether it's a new lighting scheme that he's never done before, whether it's a certain way of intimacy in terms of the camera and the actor, a variety of ways and ideas that Shane comes up with to really challenge himself because I think it's there's so much to be said about your attitude on on set and the way that you are conducting yourself because people do remember that. They remember the cynicism and frankly when the industry is so crowded and competitive and it is hard to get jobs a lot of times nowadays you certainly don't want to leave that taste in people's mouth. So um, this is a really great reminder for all of us. And I thank you so much for bringing this question up because I think it's something that everybody should look at. How are you on set? How are people perceiving you? Are you arriving a little bit early? Are you jumping into whatever needs doing in that moment? Because that truthfully is what will get you hired again, get you the great jobs. Remember, when there's an equal skill set, it's the personality. It's who do people really want to be around? Shane uses humor a lot on set, and it's a way of keeping the environment fun and exciting and fresh. And I think that his crew members really, really appreciate that in him. So thank you so much for that wonderful question. And we are moving on to question number two. Hi, Shane and Lydia. My question is directed toward staying and growing in the business. It seems now with the advent of digital cinema, that there is a flood of new people into the business. With a surplus of DPs now in the business from basically anybody owning a digital camera and going out there and shooting, the rates and availabilities for jobs has shrunken. The rates have plummeted, and even if you have formal education in the business by going to film school and such, there are companies out there paying DPs and operators pennies for their time and equipment and further drawing the price of labor and equipment down to almost nothing. On top of that, They demand the latest equipment and can-do attitude that must be apparent at all times. It's all a bit frustrating. I came up when film was just starting to fizzle out, and I've had such great strides in certain periods, but it's becoming fairly difficult to be heard or to be offered what I deserve given my 10 years experience in the business. It's hard to move further up and actually be consistently working in the industry. 
given most productions will pay less than what is acceptable per the experience. And on top of that, productions are pushing further for faster, cheaper, longer hours. How can we as professionals compete against other people who will undercut the rates and take over a job we may be overqualified to do? Please take your answer into consideration that this does affect marriage, having kids, buying a home, and trying to stay afloat while still pursuing a very desired dream. Thank you. Again, this is an anonymous question, and I so wish I know the names of people. So when you're submitting your questions, because I like to address you personally, um, please don't forget to put at least your first name. This question is so on point, and I think a variety of you listening to this podcast can really relate. And what I love about this question, and first and foremost, want to say, I hear you, and I hear the frustration on rates, on, you know, increased competition, on feeling not as valued as you should be, that everything is, you know, trying to be done for cheaper, faster, but yet the hours are even longer. And so you have the feeling of being a rat on a wheel. How do you get ahead? What I have to say is first and foremost, it does impact marriage, having kids, buying a home, because the industry has really been impacted in the past 10 years. There are fewer features being made. Commercially, budgets are being cut from what I, Shane and I have been able to observe. And the expectation is always more for less. So in this market, how do you set yourself apart, ahead, and how do you not become completely overwhelmed? Well, the number one thing that I would say is especially in the feature world and even in uh, commercials, having an agent that can do the battling for you in terms of price points so that you're not necessarily having to do it yourself is a very great thing. And I know younger people that are just in the process of getting agents, but it's somebody on your side that is fighting that financial fight and they're also protecting you. The other thing is, you know, really looking at what else you're good at. So let's say that there's less volume of work coming in. You're multi-talented and multifaceted. And so what other ways can you supplement your income in the business? And that may be choosing to have a kit for gear, which I know I'm sure almost all of you do. It may be consigning gear at a rental house that you're already owning, but really look at your life and try to step out of it for a second and get very, very creative on what are you good at? Where do your talents lie? Shane, before we started the inner circle, had no idea how much fun he would have educating. His mom was a teacher. He just saw himself as a cinematographer. And sometimes it takes the push from somebody in your life that loves you very much, that recognizes you have these other talents and skills, and maybe you're a musician or an artist, or you love doing podcasts, or you want to write a book, or it doesn't mean that you need to be a full-on business entrepreneur in a totally different way. But I think that we really kind of tend to get stuck in one groove and then get discouraged. So what I would encourage everybody to do is really look outside of 
the one way that you make income and look what you love to do. And perhaps that's shooting still photographs and doing that on the side for people or as a little mini business or weddings or video in some way, whatever it is that really makes your heart sing. Because I think getting stuck and feeling discouraged keeps the energy stuck and keeps your mind very closed. And this is about expansiveness and opening. The one other thing that I would say is that going to networking events and really keeping up with your contacts is a very, very important way to generate revenue. Very specifically, the directors that you've worked with, the agencies that you've worked with, whatever the networking piece in your life seems to be the one piece when you have a family and you have children and you have a lot of other responsibilities that gets neglected. We try to offer this option twice a year with our inner circle movie nights that gives people a physical place to come and network and really derive value from one another. But in addition to that, reaching out via email, lobbing a phone call. People get so busy today. It's so nice to hear from somebody and they might not have necessarily thought about you for a particular job, but then once they talk to you on the phone, you're fresh in their mind again. It's also about going to maybe ASC events, Cinegear, NAB, really putting yourself out there for all of these opportunities that exist. For example, JL Fisher has their open house. I mean, there's so, if you're living in Los Angeles, there's so many opportunities for networking and collaborating and really kind of getting yourself out there. If you're not in LA, I'm sure that in your part of the world, there are groups of filmmakers doing things, ASC members. There's a variety of opportunities, and it's just a matter of really seeking those out. I know. Globally, independent filmmakers have so many different ways to connect with one another. So I would offer that up as a suggestion and a possibility regarding the buying a home, trying to stay afloat question with all of the increased cost of living. And as you're setting your goals and priorities, if you are currently married, we all know the film industry goes up and down over the years, and that's just the nature of the business and being self-employed. And some people deal with that and have a tolerance for that better than others. So for Shane and myself, when he was first starting out in the business, I had a regular job as a nurse at Children's Hospital, and we knew that we could count on my income every single month, no matter what. So if he had a great month, you know, in the rental house that he was in that time stacking shelves, or he was able to be a driver, and we had a better month, that was great. When he moved up to gripping and gaffing, then again, it was up and down for a little while, but mine was the consistent revenue stream. So I think that's important for family planning is that it's really tough when both of you are in the film industry, and both of you are experiencing, wow, it's a really slow month or it's a really slow quarter. Finally, putting money aside when it's really good. I think the temptation is for everybody to get gear, right? And I think it's really understanding the value of squirreling away money when you've made a chunk in case that there are a few months where things are very, very slow. And I know that's an obvious statement on my part, but there are so many temptations out there. 
your mind thinks, oh my gosh, we're going to have, every month is going to be like this this year and I can spoil my partner. I can spend a little more or I can buy this shiny piece of gear. And I think it's really getting fiscally responsible with your numbers so that you know your exact overhead because a lot of us really don't. And it's a guessing game. And knowledge is power in my world. And I'm in the numbers constantly because I have to be for the business. But I think that it's easy to think things are a certain way, but when you know the reality, it gives you power. So best of luck with that. We can all relate. I wish you tons of success and lots of work coming your way. Next question. Hey, Shane, we all know keeping a successful relationship is a really hard thing to do in this field. I always enjoy hearing you talk about the relationship you have with Lydia and how you support each other. Can you give us any examples of things you do on the road to keep a strong relationship and let the ones you love at home feel loved? When on the road, especially on a feature, I have a hard time with this. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much, Rob. So, Rob, what I would say first and foremost is that each feature project when you're on the road for a long time is unique and individual. And Shane is incredibly amazing at connecting with our children, with myself, and keeping the business alive. And he's very, very great at managing his time and really looking at the different areas in his life and giving those attention. So for the relationship part, Shane Skypes both of our children and myself because he's in Prague right now. And he is really good about emailing if he knows something specific has come up in a day or just telling the kids that he loves them via a text or an email. He uses technology to his advantage. And that's such an important thing to do because you want to know that from the children's point of view, that your dad is in touch daily and loves you and cares about you. And even though he's missing certain events in their lives, his presence is felt because of the way that he connects. So the resentment and the buildup that could happen doesn't. Do they feel sad at certain times that he's not there? Absolutely. But luckily, our daughter wants to go into the film industry. And so they've had the discussion that this year, Shane is going to miss her high school graduation. And it's unfortunate, but that's part of being in the film industry and the commitments that you have. I would say the other way that he does it is we really dissect on phone calls and make sure to leave a piece for ourselves. So we talk about the business, we talk about the children, and then we really connect with one another about how we're doing individually. And that's so important because when you're in business together and when you have children together, it's easy to forget about the two of you and nurturing that relationship and making sure that you are there for the other person, even though you're not physically together. We used to make it a rule so many weeks, especially when the kids were younger, That's much easier when they're at younger ages as they get older and they're involved in certain activities and they have different commitments, especially senior year of high school. Travel as a family is very challenging with the different schedules. So what we've done in the past is either had one of the kids fly to Shane separately or independently, had the one-on-one time with him there where they were 
just watching him do his job essentially on set when they were old enough. Or we would go out for a few weeks and spend time at different points of the feature, depending on on what worked. And I think it's really getting creative. And it's also having grace with the other person because Shane doesn't do this 365 days a year. It's really viewing it in the non-victim mindset so that no resentment is created. This is Shane's job and he loves it. And this is my mental attitude. And I want to support him in doing what he's meant to do and what his God-given talents are. And is it tricky being the sole person at home? Absolutely. And do I have days where I'm completely exhausted? Yes, but no more so than he is on set. So I think it's it's not becoming a victim and not being resentful and really reaching out and supporting yourself and what your own needs are on both sides as much as possible. And very practically for me, if that means having a break and getting a friend to be with my kids for a little bit, if that's necessary or different ways of, of taking care of myself, I'm, I really think that I am my best when I take care of myself well and Shane as well. So we both regularly work out. We eat very, very healthy foods and, you know, what makes our body feel good. We have fun independently with friends. And I think that we're just better people overall when we do that and remember to do that. So it's not a dependency. It's we are Shane and Lydia together. And then when Shane's on a movie and I am at home keeping the businesses going and managing you know, the children and schedules that I also really remember to take time for myself and fill myself up so that I'm not blaming and angry when Shane and I come back together again. Okay, question number four. We are making it through here. Um, This one is for Shane. Hi, Shane. I've been bumming around the film and TV industry in Australia off and on for 20 years. I've done corporate videos, low and TVCs, short films, and other projects in different capacities. I've never been able to quite go full on in the industry. Part is the size of our industry. A lot of it is me and my family commitments. I don't want to make any excuses. Anyway, I want to make a huge commitment and go guns in blazing and make my own indie feature and see what happens and hopefully make it a full-time career slash lifestyle. But in the back of my mind, I think, can I continue to get up at all crazy hours, spend 14, 18, whatever hours a day for weeks on end or months at a time to get the film in the can? Is motivation always a problem in the industry? It's a tough industry, fact. Do you ever wake up in the morning and say, man, I wish I could stay at home today? Or are you so passionate and motivated you can't wait to jump out of bed and go make a movie today? Do most high-end filmmakers feel this way? Or am I just kidding myself and I need to move on to a different career, but I always come back to film? What is the secret to staying motivated? Thanks, Jean. Well, Jean, you bring up a lot of really great points in this question. And as I addressed before, I think most filmmakers are really passionate and do jump out of bed and feel so blessed to have the job that they have and do what they do for a living. That said, what I've seen over time is 
it's project dependent as well. So on every single project, are you going to be flying out of bed and feeling incredibly motivated? Maybe on most, but not on every single one. And sometimes it's just completion. And, you know, you signed on for something, the script seemed great, you got on set, it was a totally different experience. And it's your job to complete it with the best attitude that you can muster. Other times, and I think this comes down to leadership of the director, how the set is run, the actor's attitudes. I mean, it can be just an incredible angel singing experience with a very experienced leader as a director. And you wish that every single project could be like that. You know, if you have high quality actors that do one or two takes and you finish early, as Shane did on Fathers and Daughters every single day with Gabriele Muccino, that's an incredible experience. And what an amazing thing that you feel blessed and grateful to be a part of. I think motivation has to do with not only do you love what you're doing? Is this what you're meant to do with your life? You know, most days, more than not, you love it, you dig it. But I think also people can really get burned out and not realize it because they've just worked themselves to the bone. They're in the grind. And that makes you question motivation or that makes you feel as though you're not loving your job anymore. I think the other thing is, you know, really giving yourself uh, creative breaks at times. Shane does this and he really needs it to recharge. So we visit my dad and take a chunk of time in nature and seeing museums and connecting with family or we go to see Shane's parents, and this is usually at a holiday time period. And again, we're not thinking about work. We're doing the best that we can to just decompress, shut off our brain, be out in nature, be with family, and really rejuvenate. And I think that it is very important to do that throughout the year. Otherwise, you just burn out because it's such an intense job. And I used to actually study burnout. Um, when I was a nurse in forensics, and I really looked at, you know, what were the causes of burnout? And a lot of it, what the most incredible, wonderful, driven type A people who are amazing people in the film industry because of their attention to detail actually really do burn out. And the reason is, is because they're just not taking care of themselves. They're not filling themselves back up and fueling themselves creatively. And they're just going, 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 going. And like anything, eventually you will burn out. So I think motivation is multifaceted and really look at, is it that you don't love the job, which it appears from your question that you really do with the guns blazing. (laughs) And I know the work hours. And I think it's really look at the balance in your life or flow And are you doing enough to take care of yourself and to take breaks when you need it for your longevity in the film industry? Okay, next question. These kind of go together. So I'm going to state them both and then try to to address those. The first one is Shane and Lydia. It's so awesome that you guys are offering the notes to up and coming cameramen. 
It's tough out there. I've been shooting for years while gaffing and humping cables 728 style. I feel that each new project shows my growth as an artist, yet I'm finding it difficult to find new contacts. Any advice to break in the initial door? Thanks so much for your valuable time. So that's question number one. And the second question says, hey, Shane and Lydia, I love the blog. I recently moved to LA from Colorado to pursue more opportunities in the production industry. I'd really appreciate your advice as to how to network and get noticed in such a big city like LA. I'm really just seeking great experiences so I can learn and advance my skills. Thanks so much for your time and for this blog. I've really learned a lot since I started following you. Both of them do not are not signed. So thank you to both individuals who submitted the question. And the theme on this one is, you know, breaking in if you're new to LA or just breaking in the initial door to the film industry. What I would say is that when you're new to Los Angeles, uh, it just takes time. It takes a while. And I think it's very hard for us to be patient. So presenting yourself with any available opportunity to get on set, to network, to try a variety of positions is very critical so that you know what you really like the most. And we offer this opportunity and I'm very proud and excited of it because Shane was saying sometimes that it's very hard initially when you when you graduate film school or you new move to a new market to know where to dive in. And when we do our inner circle shoots in LA, we reach out to members and have them try on a variety of positions at different times, whether they want to gaff or whether they want to operate or whether they want to help us set decorate or whatever it is so that they really see what that is like and can try the position in a very safe environment. Networking is critical and having a great reel to be able to submit or having somewhere online for your work to be seen. And whether that is your own website and this comes down to really marketing, or whether you have a business card with your website, or you have an agent that is promoting your work, whether it means you have IMDb set up or Vimeo, whatever your way that you prefer to be seen. But I think it's really just getting that word out, going to networking events, such as the ones that I mentioned before, and connecting with other filmmakers, whether it's online, and really taking the time to reach out. Our Facebook page is a great way to connect with people. Roger Deacon's forum is a great way to connect with people. There's so many online opportunities that you have to connect with different filmmakers. And I think that it's understanding how to connect to set yourself up and really present yourself. And this is something that may seem very, very obvious because it's like you have your reel and let's pretend you have your IMDB page done and you may be in talks with an agent. So it should seem very obvious to you that work should be flowing your way. And what happens is a lot of times I see filmmakers not really great at talking about themselves, their skill set, where they shine, bragging about themselves, and not in 
an egotistical way, but just in a, here's how I can add value to your project. Here's what I really love to do and and I'm skilled at. It's a combo platter of confidence, presence, and delivering the goods. So when you walk on set, it is really having that can-do, go-to-whatever-it-takes attitude in combination with the confidence and presence. And it doesn't mean that you're going to have all of the answers because unless you've been doing this for 20 years, who really does? But I think it's it's showing people that even if you don't have it immediately at your fingertips or know what to do, you have the ability to figure that out or you will go to a resource for help to make it happen. And I'm going to give an example. When I used to do, I was a sexual assault nurse examiner a while ago when I did forensics. And it was long before Hurlbut Visuals, the inner circle, everything that I'm doing now. And I had to sit on the witness stand and get grilled by defense attorneys who were trying to take apart the exam that I did in the emergency room for rape victims. And they would be looking for any little insecurity, any little piece of evidence where I broke the chain, anything they could get on me. And especially if I didn't know an answer and I tried to fake an answer, it was disastrous, which thankfully I didn't. And I think it's really being honest and upfront and just saying, that's an excellent question. And I need to go look that up or I need to take a minute to figure that out. And it's it's really being authentic and confident is so attractive to people because knowing that you're going to take the time, let's say if you're in pre-production to do the research on something and come back with a very high quality answer or being on set in the moment, knowing that you have a resource to go to, to get an answer that you don't know, but it might take a minute or if there's a technological failure with a camera, being really authentic and just saying, you know, we're dealing with this problem right now. There's a technical glitch. We're solving it as quickly as we can. And we should be ready to go in X amount of minutes. And that is so attractive. It's not freaking out. It's really just giving just the facts as you would if you were on a witness stand or whatever and remaining calm. I think that I hope that that answers it for you really well. And I want to move on to our final and last question, which is, this question is for both Lydia and Shane. My career as a DP was really just starting to take off about the same time that my husband and I decided to have our first child. I worked through my whole pregnancy and thought it would be easy enough to still take on shorter projects and be away from home for the 12 plus hours a day that most gigs in our field require once my baby was born. This hasn't been the case. My son and husband did not do well with me being gone for those long stretches. Also, I decided to breastfeed, which made taking on demanding days with no opportunity for pumping breaks even more of a challenge. In the past two years, I've not applied for a lot of jobs that I had a good shot at landing. I turned down jobs that would have been perfect if they didn't require multiple 12-hour days on set. I've been very fortunate in the fact that I've had a couple of corporate clients where I'm able to have enough control over the schedule and make it work. It's not quite the career path I envisioned, 
and it has been a challenging time. But I'm so thankful to have so far found a way to do both in some fashion. I'm now pregnant with our second child, and I'm a little bit scared about how much harder the next few years may be for my career. What was the transition like for your family from one to two? I feel so alive on set. I really miss being able to be a part of features, TV shows, and other longer projects. I know it's idealistic to hope for our industry to consider eight hours a normal day and 12 hours a long day. But for now, I cannot work the 12-hour-plus days. Any ideas for how I can still work on sets given the limitations by my family commitments? Or is this really a you-can-do-everything-just-not-all-at-once type of situation? Thanks. P.S. Thank you so much for the inner circle. I've learned so much in the short few months since I've joined. The format works well for really diving in for short chunks of time. Well, again, no name on this, but thank you so much for that wonderful question. And obviously, this is a female filmmaker. And I just wanted to say that I think men can relate, whether you're a brother, a father, a husband or a sibling, you know, to this question and to the concerns, because it's really about family, whatever the family unit is. In particular, I think you are correct in saying you really can do everything, just not all at once. And I think when you have little, little children that demand a lot of your time, being on set as a DP is incredibly challenging. Doing features and traveling clearly is not an option. Commercials, um, maybe 10 to 12 hour days, and that may be a better way to go in this particular situation, depending on the commercial. Television shows, I know, would keep you in town, but the issue would be the long hours and the grind from days to nights, the way they flip schedules. So I think it's really understanding that you're going to be in this for the long haul and that you are at this phase of your life for a short amount of time. And then it's really the tolerance of your family and what your family can deal with for however long they can deal with it. Every family is unique and different. There is no right or wrong answer. And I think that that's the biggest message that I want to give. There's no judgment. It doesn't mean that one person is better than another It just is human condition, personality, tolerance, what the relationship is like. And not everybody could be married to Shane because my husband is a thoroughbred that has to go out and race. And the race is the feature, right? He has to do that. It's what he was born to do. And some people can deal with that and others can't. And and so I think it's really understanding your level of tolerance and what your family can handle. I will say, I used to think that having small children was an incredible time drain, and it is. But having teenagers, they need you just as much, if not more so, for decisions. They need your presence in the household. They need you as a resource, as a go-to person. And so whether that's you directly or whether that's childcare, whatever it is that you've set up for your family, it's so critically important to have some consistent loving person, whether it's a grandparent present. 
Um, and it may be that you choose to work a part of the year as my husband does on a TV show or a feature once the children are older. And then you choose to take half of the year off if that financially can work or a few months off. So I think it's really, I find that everybody is so judgmental around, especially women around this topic of child rearing and, and parenting and what I know to be true is it is what makes you happy and works for your family is what is the best decision, period, the end. And that is going to show up in such a different variety of family situations and family units and whatever it is. I think it's really knowing yourself well, knowing your spouse or significant other well. And really making the decisions very logically and with wisdom and not reacting in the moment. Because whenever we're emotional on a decision, it is never a wise decision ever. And I think it's really thinking and trying to be as strategic as possible and then having the flexibility and the ease and grace to morph with what the day throws you or what the set throws you in that particular circumstance. One thing that I would like to end with, because I feel that this is so incredibly important and valuable. In my women entrepreneurial group, we talk about living in that space on the edge. And when I say on the edge, I don't mean imbalanced or it's the feeling or emotionally unstable. I'm talking about the feeling of discomfort of stretching yourself, of really being on the precipice of growth. That's a fearful place for a lot of people. Stretching yourself, understanding what it's like to maybe have the sole responsibility for the family for a while, that's scary for a lot of people. And daunting in its level of responsibility. It's so much easier when you can share something as a team. And so I think it's really looking at the fact that a lot of times we're just fearful and we get in our own way and tell ourselves that we cannot do something versus really stretching and growing as a person and living in that uncomfortable, edgy kind of space where you're stretching your creativity or you're stretching your skill set or you are doing things that you never thought were possible solo. And I think it's important to consider that in every decision because people don't like change and they don't like risk. Shane and I live the majority of our lives with extreme change shift, crazy things happening to us that my friends just laugh at and they're like, only the hurlbuts. And we really live a lot of our life in that fearless area. And we don't, we don't stop ourselves, right? We don't get in our own way. I'm sure we do in some ways, but it's really about stretching and fearlessness and decision making with wisdom. And so it's been such an honor to be with you for this hour in the podcast. I hope that you all have found this to be valuable. I always love spending time and hopefully giving a different perspective. And it's never 
Pollyanna, all is great. I just want to end on this too. I think that part of the way that we grow as human beings and become better filmmakers and individuals is in our communication and in our relationships. And that means that there's going to be conflict. I think our society as a whole right now is so much about having everything perfect and not diving into conflict and just make it work, right? Because technology has produced a lot of ease. Well, what I know to be true because I'm living it right now is that life is about digging in deeply and doing the work and questioning things and being uncomfortable and having adversity. Because it's through that adversity that you take your communication, your relationship, your angst with your children, whatever it is, to the next level, to that deep, meaningful, spiritually connected level. So it's not all perfect and rosy on any stretch for Shane and myself. And I just wanted to end with that, that, you know, we, we face the same challenges and the same frustrations and the same struggles that you all face. And I think it's a matter of really um, understanding what is going on in the minute or in the hour or on set and then looking at it and saying, okay, it's about the curiosity and the questioning and the resolution and it's and understanding that, wow, this is really tricky right now and I know it's going to be okay and I'm going to figure it out. I'm just struggling and that's okay. It doesn't have to be when somebody asks, how's your day? Fantastic every single day. You can be authentic, which I think is so much more valuable because it commands respect. I, you know, saying I've had a tough day or I've had better days, or it's just, it's really letting people know exactly where you're at so that they could support you and have the opportunity to be by your side. And that is the reason that we created this extraordinary community. And I see you all doing that for one another. And it really is awe-inspiring. So thank you all so much for everything that you do, that you give, that you contribute, and please continue to do it. Best of luck on set. And Shane is with you next month for the May podcast. So please submit those questions. Have a wonderful day. What helps you become a better filmmaker? Knowledge, practice, consistency. That's exactly what happens in our loving film community of shanesinnercircle.com. Knowledge you can trust, people that care. If you want your questions answered, join us at shanesinnercircle.com. Hi, I'm Shane Hurlbut, and I'm an ASC cinematographer. And my wife and I have created this incredible resource called the Filmmakers Academy. And we'd love for you to download and rate our app. If you're a filmmaker, do yourself a favor and download the Filmmakers Academy app today. It's available wherever you get your apps, most notably the App Store, Google Play, Amazon App Store, and the Roku Channel Store. 
The app includes everything on the platform for All Access members, and from content to community and coaching opportunities, everything you need to master your craft. So download the app, and this is the most important part. Be sure to rate it. Rating us really helps us spread the word and enhance our rankings in this dedicated app store. So if you love what we're doing, this is a way to show it. Together, let's take your career as a filmmaker to the next level.